0: Sorry, that was a little loud. <laughs> good morning, Community Alliance Church. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thank you all for coming. It's so good to be here in the house of the Lord today. I want to welcome you all to uh, today's service. Um, for those of you that are joining online, thank you for participating and uh, Let's uh, go over a few quick announcements here. This week we have prayer power hour at eight. It's eight to nine. And if you if you have any prayer requests, um, we pray about those things on Wednesday. so feel free to grab a hold of one of the leaders here and uh, let us know. Also, upcoming announcements would be, We have a men's breakfast outing that would be next week. So you can mark that on your calendar. That is the 6th. So not this week, but next week. Two Saturdays from now. Yep, not this Saturday. Two Saturdays from now. So, and then uh, we got, oh, Mother's Day brunch. So mark that on your calendar as well. That will be the 14th. So all the men that can help out with that we usually uh, get the men together and we all cook breakfast that morning so um, just keep that in mind so I think uh, is there any more announcements okay well Happy anniversary. there's one more announcement all right <laughs> uh, There is an anniversary today, Uh, a one-year anniversary to my wife and I. She's back there. (laughs) Happy anniversary. I love you. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that we all made it here today, and Lord, that we're here in your presence, Lord, just ready to to hear and as the word is opened up lord as the songs come lord help us to just focus on you lord and lord as you minister to us lord help us to open our hearts and our ears lord to what you may have to say and lord help us to dwell on the things that we hear today lord and bless this service bless the music as it comes and uh and patty and lord just help us to uh just enjoy the service today in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Good morning. Well, I have some exciting news too. Not as exciting as an anniversary. No, it is more exciting. We are made in the image of God. That is so exciting. And sometimes I lose I lose focus on that and the fact that that. I am made in the image of the Almighty Creator. And um, sometimes that's a little overwhelming, too, because when we think about being made in the image of God and and how much we let him down at times, and, and it's hard for us, so hard for me, so I can't be the only one, hopefully, that sometimes finds it so amazing and hard to believe that God loves me in spite of who I am and and. I The things that i do that don't always please him and um that's what's so amazing about god's love you know um there's not anything that i'm gonna do to earn his love not anything that you're gonna do he loves you no matter what and i woke up with this song in my head this morning it's a rachel lampa toby mack song it's called perfectly loved Um, And it says, even when you were running, even when you were hiding, never been a moment that you were not perfectly loved. When you barely believed it, when your eyes couldn't see it, every single moment you've always been perfectly loved. You're not a problem. You're not a mistake. You Don't need fixing or solving in the arms of his grace. You're perfectly human, made from the dust. You've got a heart broken and scarred, yet perfectly loved. And that's who we are this morning. We are broken people, but we are loved by the creator of the universe. He loves you. There's nothing that you can do that's going to make him not love you. And he's going to chase after you because he wants a relationship with you today. So would you please stand? We're going to go to the Lord in prayer one more time, and then we're going to worship. God, we just thank you this morning that you love us for who we are, in spite of who we are, in spite of the things that we do um, that keep us away from you, God. You love us, and we're so thankful um, that you do. And so this morning, God, I pray that we will just really make a conscious effort to embrace that idea, the truth that you love us, that you love us no matter what, that you chase after us, God. Help us to chase after you as well. Just give us that longing in our hearts this morning that that we are not fulfilled without you. We're not complete without you. God, and I pray that as we worship this morning, that we would be worshiping not just with our brains, but with our hearts and our spirits and our souls this morning, giving you all of the praise and the glory that you are so worthy of. God, we love you and we praise you and we just pray that this worship is pleasing to you this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. That The love of God should make us do more than want to sing. It should make us want to praise him and, and shout for joy and just oh, hardly be able to contain our excitement.
0: Um, hey, Heather, I have another exciting uh, news for you guys. You probably noticed We have a drummer now.
2: That's right. Which is amazing. It was not too long ago that he accepted Christ in his life, and now he's here worshiping the Lord with his instrument. So isn't that awesome? Praise God. Sorry about that, Heather.
1: I was gonna. No, I was gonna say it. So that's good. You. <laughs> I. I am not. The, you're not the only one excited to have a drummer. <laughs> We're just so thankful that he is willing to step up and and just really put his gifts and talents, the talents that the Lord has given him, and using them to help lead all of us into the presence of the Lord on Sunday mornings. And God is just so good, isn't He? He is just amazing. All right, let's keep worshiping because he is a good, good father. We'll be right back. back. this morning that it is you who defines who we are not this world because this world wants to bring us down god but you you want to lift us up and so this morning we choose to trust who you say we are and you say that we are loved and you say that we are never alone And you say that there is never a moment that we cannot experience your peace. And you say that you love us, and this morning we choose to believe it. We are who you say we are, and that's because of who you are. And so this morning we give you all of the praise and the worship and the glory for who you are. And we just thank you we love you and we want to be changed by you this morning. So we just ask God that as pastor comes to share your word, your message, that our hearts would be open, that you would break down and chip away at those walls that we have built up around our hearts this morning, God, break them down, break them down so that we can hear, not just with our, not just with our ears, but hear with our hearts this message that you have for us this morning so that we can be changed so that we can be more like you so that we can glorify your name so that we can share who you are with those around us those who desperately need to hear of your hope and your love and your joy and your peace and your kindness and your faithfulness and your goodness this morning we pray all of this in your name amen you may all be seated
2: You're a good, good father. He's a good, good father. Uh, I'm just thinking, so if he's a good, good father, I just want to write from the audience. He is good because he, you fill in the blank. He is good because he loves me, forgives, Sent sent his son, gave his life. He is the light of the world. Any others? trustworthy, forgiven. Forgiven. He forgives. Any others? He is good. He's a good father because he's amazing. Anything else? I'm sorry? Sacrificial. Absolutely. He's a good father. He's a good, good father because he was raised from the dead, loves us, cares for us, allows us to worship him imagine that out of all people that i can worship god holy pure perfect he's a good good father we can think of so many things he's done and so many things he's promised to do yet in our lives he's a good good father amen he provides absolutely he heals any of you ever felt the healing hand of god he heals he heals amen he heals Praise God. <sighs> okay, well, last week we, we, we had a little clip on the children, things that children think and say. So today we're going to do a part two to that. So let's look at that for a moment here. <clears throat> Dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones, why don't you just use the ones you already have? <clears throat> Next one. Dear God, if you give me a genie lamp like Aladdin, I will give you anything you want except my money or my chess set. We read, Thus Edison made light, but in Sun's sun school they said you did it, so I bet he stole your idea. <laughs> Dear God, if you let the dinosaurs not extinct, we would not have a country. You did the right thing. (laughs) Dear God, if we come back as something, please don't let me be Jennifer Horton, because I hate her. (laughs) Dear God, would you make me a little brother? I want somebody to boss around. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Dear God, in the Bible times, did they really talk that fancy? Dear Jesus, please don't come back before next cause movie. Dear God, please send Dennis Clark to a different camp this year. Oh, you got to love them. You got to love children. They provide challenge, but you love them. But let me remind you, as God reminded me this past week, is that we were children at one time too. And we provided the same kind of challenges. Ha ha. So, what goes around comes around. That's what they say, right? Yeah. Love God for His faithfulness. So, um, so last week we brought a part one abbreviated message that we would continue today, that we will speak about today. And we spoke from Deuteronomy chapter 6, just to review some things there. And we spoke that in, that this is a powerful passage on parenting. And we learned that, you know, we're called to love God with all of our hearts, right? And our soul and our strength. We're to love God Um, with everything that we are, everything about us must revolve around loving God. And then we learn there that we're to, um, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. So his word is to be upon our hearts. His word is to to govern our hearts and is to govern our lives so we're to love god and we're to love his word so again you see there i've shared this before many times right you could never separate god from his word you could never separate jesus and his word whenever you see one you see the other all the time though our times are trying to disconnect one from the other so we see god loving god and having his word hidden in our hearts and then it says that we are to basically it says teach them or impress them on your children Remember we spoke about that, that, that God's Word, loving God and loving His Word or having His Word in our hearts is to be impressed on our children so that they would do likewise. So it's, 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 it's instructing them, it's teaching them, it's, it's encouraging them uh, to do the same thing. To do what? To love God, to hide His Word in our hearts, to have His Word governing our hearts, to follow our design or His design as parents of the kids so we spoke about that last week. So today we want to we wanna piggyback off of that message. We want to piggyback off of it but, uh, pig, piggy off it, but before we do that, would you please stand with me? Join me in prayer. The title of today's message is just like it was last week. It's up on the screen. The only thing, it's part two. So let's pray together. Father, we bless you and we praise you this morning for your grace. Thank you that you are indeed a good, good father but you're not just a good father, you're a good friend and you're a good companion and that you're totally reliable and that you never leave us and we're never alone and that you provide joy and purpose and meaning for living. We thank you that you fill the voids of life. You're certainly a good, good father. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us today we pray for the lord for we pray for family we pray for our children we pray for relationships with mom and dad and and son and daughter we pray holy spirit that you would cover our families and that you would guide us and direct us by the preaching of thy word your word this morning we praise you we wait upon you we look to you we pray that you would uh guard our hearts and, and guard our minds and that you would bind the enemy in the name of jesus who comes to destroy families did god really say Would you bind him? Would you hold him back? Would you silence his attempts? And Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So our springboard text for today is up on the screen, right? It's Psalm 127, verse 3, a powerful verse. Psalm 127, verse 3 says, in the NIV, children are a heritage uh, from the Lord. Offspring, a reward for offspring, a reward from him. Now the ERV up on the screen, the easy to read version says it like this, children are a gift from the Lord, a reward from a mother's womb. And then the EHV, the evangelical heritage version says up on the screen, indeed, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb is a reward from him. Powerful verses, powerful reminders that when a child comes, it comes because God has gifted mom and dad as God has gifted regarding that child. So if God is gifted, there's a plan for the Lord with that child. So the content here in these first three verses of Psalm 127 is that of family. The content is, is a home. God is referring to a family, a home environment, and a part of that home environment is the children. So the children play a role in the family. They play a role in that home. And so God encourages us regarding where children come from. Here's the thing about children, right? Children are very, they're very observant. They're they're very curious, and in fact, they're like sponges. They basically, depending on age, believe anything that they hear. Especially if it's coming from significant figures in their lives. That's mom. That's dad. That's grandparents. It comes from siblings. It comes from significant figures in their lives. They basically believe anything. In Proverbs 17, 6, it says, children's children, that's grandchildren, children's children are crowned to the age, that's grandparents, uh, and parents are the pride of their children think about that. Parents are the pride of their children. And, and and so parents, guess what? Mom, dad, guess what? We have first dibs on our children. Yeah, they learn to trust us. They learn to rely on us. They, they believe what we say. They believe anything you say. When my son was tiny, he thought I was stronger than Superman. I mean, whatever God said, he, whatever dad said, he'd do it. He can do anything and that's how children are. They believe, so they look up to us, and they respect us, and they re- revere us, and they believe us, and they trust everything that we say. And so parents, we play an important role in their lives. In fact, um, <clears throat> the beginning stages of the future of your son and daughter depend on you. The beginning stages, those first steps are so very, very important. They depend on you. So what you do with them today and what you do before them today, they'll probably be doing tomorrow because they learn to depend and rely on mom and dad. They trust in what they do. And so it's very, very important that we understand that as we do, they do, they follow and they learn. They learn from us. So, so with that, what I want us to do this morning is to consider three biblical principles, but, but there are many, many more, but there are three principles that stand out so much and um, that we need to seriously consider as parents to our children, not just because we're followers of Jesus, if we are, and if you're here today and you're not, let's fix that today. If you're on the internet and you're not a follower of Jesus today, today's your day to fix that. And so, if if you're a follower of Jesus, we we do it because we follow Christ, but even more so because um, for the sake of our children. Boy, do our children need this today, mom and dad. Boy, do they need that. And it doesn't matter the age of our kids. Uh, If they're past that age, it doesn't matter. They still need the direction and the love and the passion of a mom and dad. And so, we're going to talk about that today. So, um, I want you to notice uh, up on the screen. Uh, we to be honest with our children. Yeah, be honest with your children. Colossians three seventeen uh, says up on the screen. And whatever you do, whether in word or indeed, whatever you do, whether in word what you're saying or indeed what you're doing, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is is an an old word, right? A word that is hardly heard. An old-fashioned word, the word honesty. I think of a story I once heard of a a bishop who got up one Sunday and he was speaking from Acts chapter 5, the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And, and, And he says, you know, God doesn't judge anymore by bringing to death those who lie. And he says, and then he says, if God were to judge people today. I don't know what I would do. And the entire church is like, when, is there a secret about this guy? What's he talking about? And then he says, the truth of the matter is that what I would do is I would come to church and find practically every few, pew empty because no one would be here. So he's throwing it on the people that God would judge the liars of the church. And, 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 and when you think about it, he, he's, he's faithful to his word. He's faithful to who he is, but he causes us to be honest. So honesty carries the idea, do not merely listen to the word, but he says, he says, do what it says, it's, is whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father, whatever you do. So the idea here is, is, is about being people of our word. You know, the most important thing you give you must also keep, and that is your word. As paradoxical as it sounds, right? Giving giving a word means keeping that word. In other words, when I give a word, the most important thing I must do is keep that very word, especially in the lives of our children, but in the lives of all people, as you think about it. We're called to be men and women who keep the word of God, not just because we want to be people of our word, but because when we do that, we bring honor and glory to God. Listen to this. It's not on the screen. Proverbs 16 and verse 8. It's in the contemporary English version. It says, It is better to be honest and poor than to be dishonest and rich. Poor, you heard that? It is better to be honest and poor than to be dishonest and rich. Proverbs 12, says, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are truthful. God looks for honesty, and in the same way we want people to be honest with us, uh, we also need to be honest to people, especially our children. And not just our children, right? We're, we're to be honest. We need to be people of our word, people that are honest, not just to our children, but to people in general. But in this case, we need to be moms and dads, of our word we need to be faithful to our word and when we give a son or daughter a word we need to make sure that that we keep that word that we that we're faithful to it that we honor the word of god it's very important that children know that i think the idea here is where jesus says in matthew seven twelve that we that um we, we're to do what we say we're to, we're to do unto others what we would want others to do unto us isn't that true how many of you like being lied to? Not one hand? No one wants to be lied to. How many of you have ever lied? Oh, let's stop right there. Okay. So, um, so I, you know, I honestly feel convicted when I use the word promise. If you ever ask Jeremiah, ask him how many times that your dad promised you something, I can't think of more than three times maybe. I get convicted when I think of the word I promise. When I say I promise you something, I promise. I get convicted. I really think it through. Because here's the question. Is this promise that I'm making something that I can un- undoubtedly do? Is there anything that can get in the way of a promise? And and if if my promise is dependent upon... This happening or that happening, if my promise is dependent on on someone else, then that's not a promise you want to make. If your promise is not not controlled by you but by something else or someone else, then it's not a promise you need to make. And if you make it, you're probably going to make a fool of yourself. So I prefer saying, hey, I'm going to do everything that I do to be home at 3 o'clock so we can go and practice baseball today. Or I'm going to do everything that I can do to go to that game for you. Game that, to go to that game with you tomorrow. Or to take you out to eat tomorrow. I'm going to do everything that I can do. I promise that. I can promise that. And then we need to do everything we need to do to be there. But to say, I promise I'll be here tomorrow at 3 p.m. to take you out for baseball practice is dangerous. Car accident. You have to work over time. It starts pouring rain. I'll do everything that I can do to be here at 3 p.m., but I can't promise you that I'll be here. And so it's, it's it's being a people of our word, and and our sons and daughters need to do that. Remember, they're, they're like sponges. They're observing. They they observe. They pick up like that, and they don't forget. They don't forget. And so... Um, So be honest with your sons. Be honest with your daughters. And if you ever mess up because we all do, um, be quick to apologize. Because we're teaching them to do the same. We don't want to teach them to be dishonest. And we don't want to teach them not to apologize when they do wrong. And so um, be honest with your children. Secondly, notice up on the screen, spend time with your children. Spend time with your children. Proverbs 22.6 Train a child in the way that they, that they should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. Train them in the way they should go. Teach them what they're to do, and when they're old, they will not turn from it. Notice that the verse does not tr- say train a child in the way he wants to go. It says train a child in the way that he should go. Parents, please understand this, that, that our children, just like us, Uh, have sinful tendencies, and if left on their own to do whatever they want um, without having guidance and without having direction and correction, uh, they are not going to learn how to make right and wrong choices in the future. They're not going to learn the difference between right and wrong choices. Now, contrary to the interpretation given for this text often, uh, this text is not making a promise as it is making a warning that if a child is left alone to do what he or she wants, that is to, to train himself, then chances are he's going to make a left turn somewhere and not find his way back. You See, our patterns of habits are established in the lives of our sons and daughters in those early years. They're ingrained early in their lives. Patterns of habits, whether good or bad, are ingrained in their lives early in life. And we play such an awesome role in working in their lives. And church, um, especially when they're young, but as they go on as well, it's okay to to, uh, come alongside them when they mess up it's okay to come alongside them and 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 to help them understand that 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 um, that we all mess up and and that god is still working with all of us including daddy and mommy that he's still working with us that we make mistakes and we learn from those mistakes uh, it, it's okay to come along a son and a daughter when they're young and even after and help them understand that that, that Mistakes are part of life and we learn from those mistakes. And that God is a God of grace and love who is still working in our hearts graciously and in our lives. Coming alongside our kids is so important. And and and, and let me say that this doesn't mean that that uh, when our children are young, it doesn't mean that they're not gonna make mistakes. They need to, they they're gonna make mistakes. It doesn't mean neither this verse that um, every parent is guaranteed to have children uh that grow up following jesus it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that at all in fact it doesn't mean that in the same way that it doesn't mean that parents are perfect they will never fail in sin but what we're to do is to love our children we're to be there for our children we're to guide our children we're to pray for our children we're to put god first and his word first as parents and then we're to entrust our children to his loving care and faithfulness for them the verse is not promising that every child will grow up to know and love jesus and as long as they're alive there is still hope for our children amen as there is hope for their parents But it is a promise that if we train them in the way they should go, in the way they should go, in other words, don't leave them alone. Be alongside them and be their mom and and be their dad and help them make proper choices. That's our job as parents. And that's what God calls us to, is to be their role model and to be faithful in guiding them and directing them in the right way. And in order to do that, we need to spend time with them. See, children are going to explore, right? Children are are being learning from mom and learning from dad and learning to depend and rely on mom and dad. But they need to know that that, uh, the reality of life is that people will sometimes fail you. And they need to know that relationships don't always work out. But let make sure, let's make sure that we as parents do not play a role in contributing to some of the negative reactions that they're getting from other people, not from mom and dad. We have an awesome responsibility as a mom and dad to our sons and daughters. Sent by God, they're a gift from the Lord. Children are a gift from the Lord, a heritage from the Lord. And we need to make sure we play, spend adequate time with them. We need to make sure that we spend quality time with them in teaching them and encouraging them in the things of the Lord. So, so your relationship with your children is is not just a relationship. Uh, it's is not just a relationship for for um, you, you know from a. Uh, you know, physical perspective. This is my son. This is my daughter. I'm his dad. I'm his mom. It's also for, it's not just for those purposes, but it's also for spiritual purposes. Uh, Our relationship with our children should be like a son, a dad, and and, and a son friendship relationship, a mom and a son or daughter friendship relationship, but it should also be a relationship where they're learning, where they're being mentored, where they're being taught how to live a God-honoring life. So there's this friendship aspect of my relationship with my son, but there is also this relational aspect where I mentor and I teach and I guide by how I live. Spending time with them is so very important. And the older they get, the less the time because of the busyness of life. So spending time with them. So it says in Deuteronomy 6, 7, right, we spoke about this last week. It says, impress them, the word, on their hearts. Impress them on your children. Then it says, talk about them when you sit at home. This family devotion, think about this. Talk about them when you sit at home. Having devotions with our children is important reading the Bible with them and sharing scripture with them is important. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you're walking down the street with them, when you're holding their hands, when you're talking with them, when you're fellowshipping with them, when you lie down, when you're putting them to, to sleep, and when you wake up when they're getting up in the morning. Talk about God and his word. Plant them deep within their soul and their hearts because the world will do everything it can to take that out of their hearts. The enemy still does indeed come to steal and kill and destroy. He's not changed it and he will not. I wanted to read this quote. It's up on the screen. That you know, 100 years ago, the average parent spent 54% of his waking hours with his children. Today, that figure is only 18%. In fact, one study said the average father spends only 8 to 10 minutes per day with his children. No wonder when our children run into problems and temptations, parents are among the last to whom they turn to for for help. Parents, we need to think about that. Our world is, our children are in need of a mom and dad who loves enough enough to care for. And I mentioned last week that uh, our cell phones and our televisions and our laptops cannot be their babysitters You leave a child alone with anything like that, you're leaving them alone with someone who comes to kill and steal and destroy. The Bible warns us about the enemy. So for a child to be a chip off the old block, I once heard that for a child to be a chip off the old block, the old block needs to be around to be chipped on. Parents, you need to be there with your children. They need you more than they need anyone else in all this world though the enemy will try to put someone else there. Spend time with your children. Proverbs 1.8 says, Hear, my child. Solomon says, Hear, my child. Listen to your father's instructions and forsake not your mother's teachings. A child needs to learn that mom and dad are there to help guide them in making the proper steps. And uh, listen, sons, daughters, no one loves you more than your mom and dad. The ones who brought you into the world and no one wants the best for you than your mom and dad and i know that moms and dads today may not be playing the role they used to i'm speaking generationally generation wise as i just finished reading a quote but it's never too late to get there amen it's never too late to fix that never too late to fix that so i want to encourage you to speak into their lives i want to encourage you to listen to them uh, to spend time listening to them talk To spend time allowing them to express themselves, express their hearts, listen to their thought life, listen to what's going on. They need to talk to someone. And if mom and dad are not there, they're going to find someone else who doesn't care for them as much as you do. So spend time with them. Communicate with them. Uh, Allow them to learn how to communicate and how to listen when someone is speaking. And we do that as parents. Be honest with your children. Spend time with your children. And notice lastly upon the screen, exercise what you emphasize. Exercise what you emphasize. Philippians 4 and verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Isn't that a powerful verse? Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, I wish we could say this to our children this morning. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Jesus says in Luke 6.46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? As less be doers of the word. Our children need that so much, desperately. One of, one of my saddest moments in watching sports is when, when, when I'm sitting there watching a game and, and, and I see the athletes who claim to be Christians, who are professors of Christianity, and who are bold in sharing their faith in Christ, but when I hear them saying things that they should not be saying, or when I see the mannerisms or their conduct based on the tension and the pressure that's coming from a game, uh, it hurts me to see the way they act. They look just like the world. I wish I could tell them, listen, if you're not going to live it out, don't declare it on TV where people see and are able to make ill conclusions based on your faith regarding Christianity. So it's so important that we are careful, that you and I are very, very careful. We need to be careful. We need to make sure that we are that we remember who we are and whose we are wherever and whenever all the time. It's, it's, it's living out who we are. It's, it's being who. Listen, we can't be, we can't be, we, we, we can't be Christians when we want to or we can't be Christians when it's convenient. God doesn't call us to be Christians in church on Sunday and then non-Christians at home or wherever else we go to. We're called to be to be Christians all the time. Is Christ living his life in us and through us all the time? Looking in our direction and ours looking to him. And if we do that, if we we don't be consistent Christians, uh, what that's going to do is confuse our sons and daughters and steer them in the wrong direction. If there's anyone that Our sons and daughters need to trust this mom and dad. And so we we need to make sure, church, that, that we're there for them. Let me read this quote to you up on the screen. I found this. Though not all of it is sin, it's sin. It can lead to harmful or ill choices or ill things that happen. Though our sons and daughters will not be punished eternally for our sins. Please hear this. We can talk more about this privately if you want. Though our sons and daughters will not be punished eternally for our sins, our sin patterns of behavior can indeed be passed on to our children. In ill environment at home, alcoholism, smoking, vaping, drugs, cursing, holding grudges, hating, lying, abuse, racism, you name it, you put other words in there, they can scar our children for life. And this can affect preceding generations as well. And I'm sharing this from experience. Yes. I've seen what drugs can do, and I've seen what alcohol can do, and I'm seeing what vaping can do, church. To be at a park the other day with my son and six young kids that had to be no more than 14 years old, went behind a rock and all began to vape. Mom knew nothing, nobody knew about hiding from everyone else. Church, what we do at home can interfere with the life of our children and affect the generations to come. But there is good news, isn't there? There's good news when you think about that, that the cycle of ill or harmful choices can indeed be broken. They can be broken through Jesus Christ. He's the one that comes to bring change. You see, Jesus, Jesus doesn't call us to change we call him to change us so that our sons and daughters when they see that change they see consistency and commitment and compassion and they see conviction in action and they're able to see that God can indeed change lives and it's hard to resist or to reject a God that is clearly changing lives right before us and if they don't grasp it then they eventually will if we're faithful in playing our role as moms and dads in the lives of our children. They learn from watching us. And if we confuse them because we're not practicing what we preach. They'll go and learn it from someone else. <clears throat> so ha- having le- having have said that, you know... Um, God is faithful to his word. And 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 yes, again, as I, said, as I said earlier, you know, it's not guaranteeing that our sons and daughters will grow up to be dynamic men and women for God. But if we take the steps that God has called us to in his word, keeping him first, focus of our lives, our commitment is him, not our children, our love is him. Everything else is backseat to our love for the Lord, honoring him, putting him first. And then entrusting that the Bible says, "Our labor is not in vain." In trusting that we've done our part as moms and dads, though none of us is perfect, and then entrusting them to Jesus, He'll make it happen. He's faithful to His word. It's who He is. He's who He is. Is is He's faithful to His word. So integrity is 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 living a life in action and in word, in deed, in everything that adheres to the Word of God, and our sons and daughters are able to see that. And they will learn that, yes, um, they'll need to search for God themselves. They'll need to one-time search. Though you and I are pointing them to Jesus, though sometimes we can point them the wrong way. Amen? Not too many amens on that one. We're called to point our sons and daughters to God. Though sometimes we can point them the wrong way. I I hope you know what I mean there. And I say that with love. You know, God calls us to lives of integrity and commitment to him. But our children will one day have to search for themselves. And I've warned many parents of this. Everything you taught them is important. Everything you shared with them regarding God is important. But just know that they need to establish a relationship with God on their own. Eventually, they don't depend on mom's and dad's relationship with God. They need to depend on their own relationship with God. And in the process of searching to know God and searching to see if he's really or that, they might take a left turn and a right turn somewhere. Just know that. But be faithful to the Lord. Honor him and love your sons and daughters regardless of their age, whether they're home or not. Love them and show them the love of Jesus all the time and the forgiveness of Jesus, and the grace, and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Be there for your sons and your daughters, because God calls us to do that. And we need to, yes, we need to show them consistency. Our nephews, our nieces, our sons, our daughters, etc., need to see consistency in our lives and our walk with God. And we need to see that. God wants to see that. It's loving Jesus. I trust every hand would be raised if I asked you how many of you love Jesus. But to love Jesus is to follow him. To love Jesus is to walk with him. To love Jesus is to trust what he said. Even though it might seem impossible is to trust what he said. And our children need to know that 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 we don't that you know Christianity or relationship with Jesus is not Jesus is not a philosophy. He's not a concept. I had a teenager ask me that one day. What is your concept of Jesus? Concept? Jesus is, is he's, he's my best friend. He's not a concept. He's not a thought that comes to mind. He's my best friend. They need to know that Jesus is, uh, he is living and he is a life-changing, life-transforming friend, Savior and Lord who never ever leaves us that he's more than a thought that comes to mind he's he's more than a concept of something that we think he's he's nothing near religion he's a relationship he's my my best friend and he doesn't let us down i want to close by reading this um this thing here it's called um my boy's first bible a little boy's first bible is the greatest, the greatest thrill he knows. The greatest thrill he's known. There's a sweet, unique excitement in a Bible all his own. And yet my heart is smitten, and this touching sigh I see has his reverence for that Bible depended much on me. As I see him with his Bible, I bow my head and pray, May he always love that Bible the way he does today. Then I hear a voice within me speak in solemn words and true how he cherishes that Bible will depend a lot on you. I love my Bible better since I've seen the beaming joy this wonderful possession has afforded to my boy. May I seek to give mine daily a devotion that he can see for the love he bears, His Bible will depend a lot on me. And you know even if our children are already old, if our sons and daughters are moved out the house or they're old and they're about their business, It's still not too late, Mom, Dad. It's never not too late. Because when God found me, I was 28 years old. It's not too late. I knew a guy when I was at Bible college who was 58 years old. 58 years old. That That was 35, 40 years ago. 58 years old, going to Bible college because he recently gave his life to Jesus and wanted to become a pastor. 58 years old. It's never too late. We can still pray for them. We can still read our Bibles. We can still be a model for them. We can still show them what it is to be committed. Regardless of how many mistakes we've made in the past, when Jesus changes your life, your son and daughter will know it. Only Jesus can do that. Up on the screen about the children, be honest with your children. Spend time with your children. Exercise what you emphasize parents um i want you to know that um there are good things going on in our church for children you know that things are beginning to turn around a little bit thank you sister sharon for your many tears shed for the children um but god is doing things we started owana again after two years of hiatus due to the COVID. is that the way you pronounce it hiatus uh, I didn't look it up in the dictionary. But um, after two years, we're back to the Awana program. We had a wonderful Awana this year. Um, we hope to do uh, a VBS in, in August. We're hoping to do. Uh, I want you to know that there's a room way in the back that is, that is cluttered with things that we want to clean out and make ro- more room for our children. We are believing God's going to bring more children. And parents, I want you to know that the conversation is going on right now of fixing our playground back there. So uh, I want all parents to know that we love your children. And, and, and that when we see children out there, let's remember to throw a prayer for them. Children need guidance. They need direction. There's not too much out here that is being offered for them that is positive, that has, has um, good consequences down the line for them. And so we want to be here for our children. And, and I want every parent to know that especially those who have young children, but all children, parents, that we love your children. And I want us to show the parents of our church that we love their children. We play a role in their lives. We're their family. We're their church family. We're their spiritual family. And so uh, some of our children, our little children, sometimes need a hug from someone else. They get it from mom and dad, but what about these other people who are supposed to be my family? So I encourage you to encourage the young children and let them know how how much we love them. Amen. Next week, we want to talk about how does it relate to us, right? How does all this children, how does children in relation to God relate to us um, adults? We'll talk about that next week, I think. Keep that in prayer. But I want us to close in prayer for a moment. Uh, Sam and Heather will come and do the closing song after this. But I just want to close in prayer by asking, um, I, I just need to ask, you know, maybe there's a mom or dad seated in this place right now who his or her relationship with her son or daughter or children is, is, is not all that they wish it could be. I want you to stand because I want to pray for you. I won't call you up. I won't even say your name, but I want you to stand before God where you know that your relationship with your son and your daughter, your children is not what it used to be, and you wish it was. Or maybe you're a son or a daughter here today, and your relationship with your mom or dad is not what it used to be or what you wish it was. I want you to stand. I want to pray for you. Because because God is about family. God is about family. God is about unity in the home. God is about uh, sons and daughters and fathers and mothers loving each other and being there for each other. Sons and daughters, I want you to know that God loves you dearly. And regardless of what mom or dad did to you back then or what's going on with you and mom, God still loves you. And God can change your mom and he can change your dad. And parents, regardless of what your son or daughter has done or how they make you feel or what they've told you, how they've offended you, I want you to know that God loves your sons and daughters he loves your children he still does and he can change their hearts as well so if you hear it, then you know there's something wrong in your relationship with your parents or your children I, I, I want you to stand I want to pray for you if you want to see it fixed if you want to see it become better if you want to fix it up if you want to invite God to intervene in that relationship and to fix that Uh, Give him a chance to do that. Would you stay and I'll pray for you. And then we'll close in prayer. And this message for those of you who have no children, I just want you to know that, that it's also for you. Not only are you a child, but one day we hope you have your own children. I pray God impresses it within your heart and that we can be parents to children that come our way who don't have a home who don't have the love of a mom or dad that loves them enough to teach them about their creator and their god who brought them here for a reason and a purpose to know and love him and experience him father i pray with these that are standing i pray for them in the name of jesus you know you know the reason why they're standing you know why they're standing. Maybe there are some that should be standing that are not, Lord, and I pray even for them. I pray that whatever is is interfering from union in the home and union in the family, that you would break it in Jesus' name and that the one that comes to destroy family and unity and bring friction and hatred and disconnection would be bound in Jesus' name. And I pray for these, and I pray for my own relationship with my own son. Spirit of God, that you would have your way, and that we would play the role that we're to play in the lives of our children, lest someone else or something else come along and play that role for us. In the name of Jesus, that we would love our children, even though they're not always um, earning that love. But we don't earn love. We don't earn your love, God. We never have. We never will. You're perfect and gracious and loving. In spite of us, you love us. Help us to love them as you love us. Help us to forgive as you forgive us. Help us to embrace as you embrace us. Remove every obstacle and every hindrance in our relationships with our children, and our relationships with our parents. Would you remove that, Father, by the power of your grace and the power of your love in Jesus' name? That you would remove hatred and disconnection with love and peace and reconciliation. We praise you and thank you for your love. For teaching us how to love the unloving. How to love in spite of. How to forgive when being hurt. Thank you for teaching us how to do that. We accept your love and we accept your forgiveness. Help us to accept it and to share it among each other in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you.
1: Would you please stand for our closing song this morning? And this is a song that we have sung before, but I just wanted to take a moment. It's called The Blessing. And it's a beautiful song and it's straight from scripture. First verse, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Numbers 24 through 26. Straight from Scripture. Um, And these are blessings from Scripture for God's people. For those who've chosen to make a relationship with Him. And so as you sing these words this morning, receive the blessing as you're meant to. um, And just listen. Just listen to the words. And just... And the idea that that God's presence goes before us, fights our battles for us. He's with us, all around us, all of the time, in the morning, in the evening, no matter where we are. And that he is for you. And he's fighting for you every day. Battles that we can't see, that we don't know anything about. So as we sing this morning, would you just remember that? as we worship, as we close our service.
2: Praise God for his grace. Praise God for his grace. I I, want to ask, um, if your son or daughter is here, I want you to look at each other, mom, dad, son, daughter. I want you to look at each other for a moment. If your son or daughter is not here, that's okay. Think about them for a moment here. But if your son and daughter here, I want you to look at each other, mom, dad, son, daughter. I want you to notice that the two, the people that are you're looking at right now and not perfect they all make mistakes right and you know what i was thinking the vision came that god looks at us and from a humanistic perspective try to understand this from a humanistic perspective god doesn't understand what it is to sin and yet he still looks at us and loves us From a humanist perspective, he sees sinners, doesn't understand what that's all about from a human perspective. Identifying with us, doesn't understand what that's about. We understand what it is to sin. We understand the concept of sin because we are sinners. We mess up. We're not perfect. God doesn't understand it from that perspective, and he still loves and accepts us. Can we love and accept imperfect people? Being imperfect ourselves. Father, we thank you for your loving grace. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that um, uh, you know us so well. You see everything about us, every flaw, every failure, every frailty, every mistake, past, present, and future. You see it all and still went to that cross. You still loved enough. You still cared enough. You still received us enough. You still wanted us enough. Thank you for loving in a way that we can't fully understand. But we pray, even if if it be a bit, God, that we would learn to love likewise. When dealing with our children and our family and people in general, may we remember that we've been forgiven by a God who knows all of our faults and accepts us. May we learn to work, as your word says, that that forgiveness, that love covers over a multitude of sins. And if we can love in spite of, if we can love someone in spite of the fact that they're imperfect, that will cover over a multitude of the sins in their lives. And that's what leads people to Jesus. Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for showing your love. Thank you for embracing us. Help us to do likewise. Restore unity into our homes. Restore unity into our relationships. Help us to love one another, to leave at the cross the failures of the past and to hold on to Jesus, the God of the present. In his name we pray, amen. And all the people say, amen. Amen. Thank you.